Hey everybody, this is Matt with Hilltop Productions, and you are now going to listen to the second podcast. I hope everybody got to listen to the first about the uh, trope of Indian burial grounds. Hope everyone found that enjoyable, and I certainly enjoyed creating it, so we are going to jump into number two. Number two is going to be, uh, well, this is this is kind of something similar to, I don't know if you guys read a review I did back in October, I reviewed the entire Halloween franchise, all the films. So this time we're going to do a review. We're going to do the Friday the 13th franchise. We're going to go through all 11 films. We're going to do it as quickly as we can, and uh, we'll try to get through them, and we'll kind of discuss a little bit more at the end of them what we think of them, I guess. So we kick it off. We start with the original, 1980, Friday the 13th. Uh, Very good movie. Well, I think so. I like it. I, th- I think it's a. I think it's a classic horror film. It was a f- kind of the first of its kind. Um, you know, th- this is when the slasher film started and taking advantage of holidays. So, you know, it all started with Halloween in 1978. Now we go to Friday the 13th, and you know, the, the the trend kept going from there. But I think this is a good classic horror film. Um, an old camp opens up years after a uh, years after a kid drowned there, and uh, the counselors are of course killed off one by one. Now, what's interesting here is that everyone who knows Friday the 13th knows Jason Voorhees, right? He, he's the killer. He's the, he's the antagonist of this the whole film, film series. But, of course, the original is Mrs. Voorhees. She's actually the one killing all the kids, getting revenge for her son that drowned while the counselors weren't watching. So we never get to see Jason. Well, we kind of do, but it's Mrs. Voorhees. So she's stalking them one by one. We don't know who this killer is. Then we think we see her, and she seems all nice, but then Alice, of course, kills her at the end, chops her head off at the end there. And, um, you know, we, we see all this stuff happen. It's interesting. And we've heard about Jason. She keeps mentioning her son, Jason. But at the end, Alice is in a canoe, and she's on Crystal Lake, and it's all calm the next day. Everything's fine. The police are here. And this deformed kid just flies out of the water and grabs her in the canoe and knocks her over. She, she wakes up, of course, and it was all a dream. But you realize, oh my goodness, that was Jason. And he came up from the from the lake and got her. She asks about the boy in the lake. The police don't know what she's talking about. You know, film ends. Again, I think it stands the test of time. I, it, it, it's the original. I think it's it's not great, but it's good. It's, it, it's a good watch. So part two picks up with Alice again. And she is quickly dispatched by uh, someone with an ice pick. <laughs> it's always a good way to go on a horror film. And this time, well, the killer now is Jason, and it is it is this is Jason Voorhees' time now, and he's running around with a sack over with with I guess like the burlap sack over his head. He's kind of a hermit out in the woods. He's got an axe with him, and um, this film kind of jumps more into the backstory. Some of the counselors talk about you know what happened to Jason, who he was. Um, one of the counselors, I, I think her name was Ginny, was the character. She's real interested in what goes on and everything. So, um, you know, same old script pretty much. Uh, kids get k- killed off. They try to open the camp again, of course, and they they, they probably shouldn't. Um, what's cool at the end is that Jason has built a shrine to his mother. He has her severed head from the original, and it's on this little altar with these candles. And at the end, Ginny is sitting there, and she dresses up as Jason's mother and tries to convince him. And, and, and he buys it. He thinks it's her for a second, and they try to kill him that way. Um, they try to recreate the ending, I guess, with the, the super scare when she's there with another guy and they find their missing dog. And, uh, this time Jason busts through the window and you see him, he's all deformed with his long hair and everything. And it kind of works. It, it's nowhere near 
that first scare, that first scare in the first film is, is the best. It, it's it's great to watch that with someone who's never seen the film before. But they try to recreate it again. Eh, I don't know. Part three, for me, is kind of one of my favorites, I think, and it might be a fan favorite. Um, so it was originally in 3D. Uh, I did not get to see it in 3D. I was way too young for that when, when it came out in the theater. Um, but the, the the main thing about part three is this is where Jason gets his mask. Uh, one of the counselors that comes has a mask with him. He, Jason kills him and puts the mask on. I think I read something once that said that one of the producers maybe of the film was a big hockey fan. So that's why they brought the mask. I don't know if that's true. But um, yeah, so that was a 3D movie. Um, that one has the story of one of the women, I guess, was, um, she said she was attacked by someone years ago. I guess we find out that it was Jason. So, um, the, the, the one funny thing, I guess one of the best things about it is you, you've got to do yourself a favor and you've got to Google or go to YouTube Friday, the 13th part three opening, uh, theme. The music is just this incredibly hilarious disco with like Jason's theme behind it. It's just so funny. You got to listen to it. Uh, it's not great, but again, it, it's got the origin of the mask in it, which is an interesting part of it. Um, I think Jason, they try to kill him at the end by hanging him in a barn, and they put an axe through his head. Obviously, he doesn't die. Um, the theme in the end of these films is the counselors are taken away by the paramedics, and they have you know mental breakdown, of course, and the same happens to this poor girl. Um, move on, part four. Part four was, I think the title was Friday the 13th, part four, the final chapter. I think the original intent was for this to be the last one, which, of course, it wasn't. Corey Feldman's in it, and uh, he and his family come to the lake. I think they have a house there. They meet other kids. Now, this one I don't think had the counselors. It was just kids that wanted a party and then this family that was living at the lake, I guess. And Corey Feldman's big into, like, mask making and things like that. So he gets really into this. Um, Jason kills everyone, of course, kills the mother, I think. But then at the end, um, uh, uh Corey Feldman's character, I think Tommy is his name, right? That's right. He goes ahead and they end up, he and his sister, well, presumably killed Jason. They put a machete through his head, basically, and uh, that's supposed to be the end of him. The movie ends, though, with Tommy in this room, like, basically sneaking up on his sister with this evil look on his face, like, okay, is he going to continue, you know, the murderous ways of Jason Voorhees? I guess that's the intent there. Um... I think that was a well-received film by some of the fans. Certainly more well-received than the next one, which is part five. Um, I forget the title of that. Oh, A New Beginning, I think it was. So the deal with this film was it's about a copycat killer. It's actually not Jason. And I think that really irked people a lot. The thing with these films is they were they were successful and to an extent, but then they, they, they'd make one of them and they wouldn't get the reviews they wanted. Okay, we got to go back and we got to make another one. And the same thing would happen. We didn't get the reviews. We got to go back and they just kind of kept going and going in that direction. So this was a different take on it. Copycat killer. Um, it turns out it was actually, I think, a paramedic that we see in the beginning of the film who's the one doing all this. It was not well received. It, it, it is not a very good film. Uh I, I don't like it very much, and I don't think fans are, are much much care for it either. So then, of course, we have part six. You got to make part six because part five was terrible, right? So that's how we keep it going. Part six, uh, Jason Lives, I think it was. So Tommy is still... Oh, and I forgot to mention in part five, Tommy who was Corey Feldman's character. He's back. He was living in a halfway house. So he's also now in part six. We keep him going. I think he wants to kill Jason once and for all, finds him in the cemetery, tries to kill him. 
and I think he tries to kill him with like a, a stake from a from a cemetery or something like 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 a piece of the gate maybe, and it gets struck by lightning and it brings Jason back to life. So this is when Jason now becomes goes from a human to like supernatural basically. He's kind of totally unstoppable at this point. Uh, this one's interesting because Tommy's the only one who really knows what's going on. The town sheriff. I think they renamed the town. I think it's a different. I think they stopped calling it Crystal Lake now because of everything that had happened. So Tommy's trying to stop all this bad stuff from happening, of course, and the sheriff doesn't buy it. And the daughter, the sheriff's daughter, is kind of into Tommy, and they're trying to work together. Um, there's a couple scenes. I think it's in this film that has some kids at a camp, and you kind of get that funny feeling like they're, like, oh my goodness, are they going to kill kids in this movie? Which uh, I think it's part six. Maybe it's part seven, but they don't. They don't kill the kids off. So, kind of interesting thing at the end, they kind of go into, like, the the legend with the lake and everything. They basically chain him up and try to dump him in the lake, and they try to kill him that way. It, it seems like they did, I guess, but I think at the very end, he's, like, floating at the bottom, tied to a boulder, and he cut kind of opens his eyes, and, you know, audience, wow, oh, he's, he's not dead. Of course he's not dead. Um, so, we, we go to part seven. Part seven is the new blood, and this is this interesting take where... We have this girl with te- uh, telekinetic powers. I think I read somewhere once they thought it was like Carrie meets meets Friday the 13th, something like that. She had an issue with her father, I guess, and he, I guess he, he died at the lake maybe. So she is trying to, I guess, communicate with him, but she ends up bringing Jason back to life, I think. I, I may be wrong about that if I am. Correct me on that. He comes back to life, of course. Um and I don't, th- and it's not necessarily counselors this time again. It's this girl with the ke- t- uh, telekinetic powers, and she's out there with her mom and this doctor who's really just this total quack, trying to get her to you know manipulate her powers and whatnot. So, but she can do interesting stuff. She can she can fight back against Jason. She can move objects against him. And I guess they end up like collapsing the house on him. And they blow they end up burning and blowing up the house with him in it, which doesn't kill him. Uh, they send him back to the lake again, and I think they try to drown him in the lake this time again. And from what we can tell, I guess they somewhat succeed with it. Um, I thought it was okay. There were some interesting scenes in it. I think, I think this one, part seven, maybe part six has probably the best kill, right? So I've met Kane Hodder a couple times who plays Jason in like parts five through 10 or whatever. And he said this, this is probably his favorite too, where there's a woman in a sleeping bag and Jason picks her up and smashes her against the tree like three or four times. Um, it's just this ridiculous uh, death scene that I don't know where they got it from, but it's probably the most original one that they've seen. So that had that, I think, in part seven. And in part seven, he's got this tool where it's like a it's like a tree pruner with a long handle, but it's got a saw blade on the end, and he really does some damage with that thing. Um, but, you know, obviously nothing great about it. But it's not the worst. If you want to talk about the worst, let's go to part eight, Jason Takes Manhattan. Oh, man, that's a real bad one. Um, good idea, maybe, in premise, to have him wreak havoc in New York City. I think it's an interesting idea. I think they got sued because uh, New York City was like, yeah, we don't, we don't want anything to do with your, with your terrible horror films. Um, I think they, 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 they did shoot footage in Times Square, and it was very limited. I think it was very expensive for them to do. I wish I had been around and when that had happened. That would have been really, really fun for uh, a horror fan to be able to see Kane Hodder there dressed up as Jason uh, shooting that footage in Times Square. So that would have been cool. But anyway, um, he comes back to life because some kids in their boat uh, run electrical signal or something, and it brings him back to life in Crystal Lake. 
And these high school kids are having their boat cruise or whatever. They take a trip to New York City. He, of course, stows away on the boat, kills many kids, gets to New York City, runs and wild, chases after the remaining people. Oh, and Part 8 has a great kill, too, where he's uh, fighting this kid who's like a boxer. And the kid totally runs out of steam trying to fight him. And so Jason hits him, punches him one time, and knocks his entire head off. It's it's uh, it's, it's pretty good. Um, this like again, this this film could have been good, I suppose, but uh, it, the acting is terrible. It's it, it's it's just really a, a bad deal everywhere. I think they tried to fill in New York City with like scenes in Vancouver or British Columbia, maybe is what I heard. It's probably L.A. I'm not sure, but it's 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 not done well. It's it's very bad, but. Um, certainly funny to watch, I guess. So the next one, then they tried to end the series again, I guess. And you have Jason goes to hell. Now this is also Paramount was the, uh, the company that owned all the films up until now. I think then it got sold off. And I think Jason goes to hell. The final Friday is the first of the new line, uh, films. So the idea behind this is they're going to kill him off again. And he, they had this SWAT raid that leads him out into the woods, and they literally blow him like piece to piece. There's nothing left of him. But I guess he goes to the morgue, and a doctor like eats his heart or something. And so this is the one part that could have made things into a good spin on it, where basically his soul possesses the person he invades. So whoever he takes over becomes the killer. Could have been a cool idea. I don't think it was well done. There's like a bounty hunter after him who knows what to do. He has to kill someone who gets possessed by his family or something like that. I'm, I'm not sure how that worked. But he keeps moving from person to person, and they keep killing people, obviously. Um, and they finally vanquish him, I think, at the end. And here's the part at the end that all the fans will like, is there's this last scene where his mask is laying there on the ground. And all of a sudden, Freddy's glove, his claw glove, comes up and grabs Jason's mask and pulls it underground. And so that's the first moment where fans who have wanted these, you know, Freddy versus Jason, you know, Michael Myers versus, you know, all that stuff. They're finally getting the taste of like, oh, man, is this really going to happen kind of thing? And it's a really good tease that the filmmakers did there. So that, that, that part was good. Otherwise, the movie's not, not, not so good. So that kind of really did kind of end the films as we know them, though, because after that is Jason X. And that, again, is not a very good film. Um we always seem to these horror movies seem to make a move into space. Um, I think Leprechaun went to space. Uh, I think some other stuff is, I, I, it's just not good, but Jason basically is on this, uh, space station. Uh, he kills a bunch of people and then I think he gets frozen and he wakes up like 500 years later. And these folks realize who he is and how much money he could be worth if they were to sell him or something like that. Um, the only saving grace in that film, I think, is the one of the kills. He takes this woman and sticks her face into like liquid nitrogen, and then takes her out and smashes her face into like a trillion pieces. Uh, that was that was entertaining. Acting's very bad. I don't like the way they shot it. It's a very weird film style. I don't. If you watch it, I think you'll understand. It's just not any good. I don't even remember how it ended. I think somehow they end up saving him and they bring him back to like second Earth, and it's just a very it just really became sci-fi. There was nothing really just straight pure horror about it. Um, Uber Jason, he becomes Uber Jason in the film where he's really becomes unstoppable. So at this point, he's like undead and, you know, like a like a cyborg. I don't know. It's like a, it's like a Terminator or something. Um, but yeah, not, not so good. So after that, we get into the moment that I think fans have been waiting for. And that is the Freddy versus Jason film, 2003, I think it was. 
So here's the deal with this. Um, so overall, okay, so I, I, I like the fact that we get to see the two worlds come together. We see uh, Springwood for um, uh, Freddy Krueger, Crystal Lake for Jason, and they work together to try to bring each other back from the dead. So that part's cool. The first half an hour is pretty interesting, actually. These kids have escaped from asylum. They're trying to uh, track down Freddy. Jason gets involved. It, there, there's some bad editing. There's some bad continuity in the film. The part that really saves it, I guess, is the fact that there's a great showdown with the two of them when they fight. It, it, it's about as bloody as you can get. So fans that want to watch that, you're you're in luck there. Um, it ends with Crystal Lake and Jason's walking away with Freddy's head in his hand, and Freddy winks, and we're like, oh, what does that mean? We're not sure. <laughs> so, but the thing about the film, I guess, is that this is a thing people wanted for so long. And I think this film was in developmental hell is the term they use. And it just nothing could get done. Rewrites of scripts, directors, uh, casting. I mean, it just they finally got it together. I don't remember the director's name. He was really pumped about it. I think the problem is that when you have something like this, you're never going to live up to an expectation of what these fans want. It's just not possible. So I think it got 50-50 reviews, maybe 60-40. I've seen it a couple times. You know, I'll watch it if it's on TV or something, but... I don't know. There's one funny scene, I guess, where some of these kids are at a party and they see Jason. They're like, yeah, man, that's one pissed off goalie. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was kind of funny. Overall, yeah, pass, I guess. So I guess really that brings us to the end um, because now we jump into the 2009 remake of the original. Now, this was done by Platinum Dunes, and that's Michael Bay's company. Uh, small budget stuff. They did. They redid Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They redid Nightmare on Elm Street, and I thought those are pretty good. I liked them. I didn't hate this movie. I didn't love it. Uh, it is pretty faithful somewhat. I I don't know, to the original maybe. It's basically got this character. He's looking for his sister who was kidnapped. We find out Jason kidnapped her. Um, it's not at a... It's So it's not a camp. It's not the counselors this time. It's a bunch of kids that just go partying. Look, I know that's the recipe for these films. Teenagers get drunk, they have sex, they get stoned, they get killed. Okay, we get it. It's hard to redo this and make it decent. I will say the first, like, 15 minutes are actually really good because it's the first story of these folks that are camping, and they get caught up in this cabin, and Jason starts attacking them from, like, underneath the cabin, and I thought that was actually scary. I really liked the first, yeah, 10, 15 minutes I think is pretty good. Other than that, eh, they tried to redo the scare at the end where uh, this time he doesn't jump up on the boat. He jumps up on the dock and grabs the girl. So I guess, you know, all in good faith to try to recreate that great moment. But really nothing great about it. So, but I guess that brings us, wow, to the end of that. That is all 11 films. Okay, let's catch our breath. <laughs> um, overall, so Jason Voorhees is an icon. He's a cultural icon. Uh, even if you haven't seen a Friday the 13th film, you probably know who he is. His, his, his hockey mask is legendary, of course. These films are not going to win. None of them did win any Academy Awards. But for a horror fan, um, you, 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 you love these characters. We love Leatherface. We love Freddy Krueger. We love Michael Myers. We love Jason Voorhees. You know? He's just, he's just a, a character that we love to hate, I guess. We root for him. It's odd to say you root for someone that kills people, but that's kind of how these movies go. They're, 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 they're not great, like I said, but they sure are fun to watch. And um, they're definitely worth a watch, I think, uh, once or twice. I think one of the first horror films I think I ever saw, and I think about it, was Friday 13th Part 3. Probably why I like that one the most. My favorites, uh, I like the first a lot. 
The original, of course, is very good. I like three. And um, if I had to pick a third favorite, I don't know, maybe maybe part seven, I guess. But um, now, you know, here's the thing about it. Look, m- movies, I don't care what you say about these films. They're not great. But, you know, m- movies are hard to make. And I got to give these studios credit. They were churning these movies out like every nine months. And they were literally had these things in less than a year back on the screen. So they had the money. They had the funding. They went with it. And they weren't great acting. And they weren't, you know, well-written. But the, they pumped them out. And they realized they made money. Teenagers, you know, bring their dates and stuff to these movies back in the 80s. It was a huge, huge thing. It was a part of culture in the 80s. So anyway, if you get a chance, you know, everyone likes to binge watch these days, right? So one of these days... I think a lot of them are on Netflix. I know I have all the DVDs. Definitely were. Oh, one thing you should do too if you want, if you haven't. Crystal Lake Memories. It was a book and then it became the most in-depth behind-the-scenes thing I've ever seen. They basically interviewed everybody they could find, and I mean everyone, from almost every movie. Like 10 people a thing. And they would have like an hour or two hours each um, behind-the-scenes and backstory production making of of each film and this is like six seven eight hours of stuff and it's 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 gold for someone who's interested in this stuff so if you get a chance i I know i own the disc uh like the five whatever four disc set you could probably find it on youtube at this point but if you get a chance yeah crystal lake memories check that out but anyway um yeah you know everybody binge watches go go check out netflix one day you know wait for the next friday the 13th to come you know, grab your DVDs, go to the, well, I was going to say go to the video store, but you can't go to the video store anymore. But yeah, check them out, you know, pop them in. They're an hour and a half each, and you can watch three or four in an evening and try to scare yourself. They're a lot of fun. They're not very scary, but they are fun to watch. Anyway, I thought that'd be fun. We'd go over to all of them and just recap them all. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. If I left out anything that should have been in there, please let me know. But I hope you guys enjoyed, and um, as always, I look forward to suggestions for anything else you want us to review, any films or aspects in in, in the genre or anything else like that. So we'll talk to you guys next time. All right? Bye.